Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now, what is the type of life that you want to live? How do you want to raise your kids? What kind of community do you want to live in? What do you truly value? Have you ever sat down and spent the time to answer such questions? What do you think your answers would look like? And what changes would you need to make to the way that you're living now? I sat down with Sophie Brunton, a mother of three, who has dedicated the time to answer these questions and take the courageous step to make changes in her life. After the initial idea two years ago, working through the ups and downs of change, Sophie and her family are about to relocate to the country town of Mooloolumbar, 50 minutes north of Byron Bay on the east coast of Australia. And it's not just a tree change that Sophie was looking for. It was a community that shared her values, where their schools took a holistic view, a community of connection and generosity, an environment where her boys could evolve into men with love, care and surrounded by nature. Sophie and I dive deep into her philosophies around education, simple living and choosing family over things, parenting and Sophie's deliberate choice to be a full-time mother, and her thoughts around technology. I admire Sophie as she is making changes to her life that align with her values. Changes that aren't always easy, but are worth trying. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Sophie Brunton. Sophie, welcome to my home. Thank you. How Thank are you. you? Good, really good. And we're here actually, it's kind of in the evening, both of us have kids and this was the only time that we could kind of get together and it's really different for me because I usually do a lot of the interviews, especially face-to-face ones during the day, so this is... Throwing you a curveball. We're rocking the night time, I like this. <laughs> Late night chats. True. Well, there we go, we'll see, we'll see where this ends up. <laughs> but I, I'm super excited to be chatting to you today as you mm. and your family are about to create some beautiful change mm. in their life. But as a bit of a background, can you give me a little bit of, of a, you know... A bit of the backstory of you. You got the, the three boys? Yes. Yeah. So three boys under soon to be seven. Um, and they're full on and life is full on with them. And my role has been being a full-time mother with them, which mm-hmm. has been a deliberate choice, um, which my mother was for me too. And I really value that. Um, was that a hard choice to make? It is. Yeah. Yeah, only it just seems there's that pressure sort of from everyone around you and in your mother's group, you watch everyone have babies, go back to work mm-hmm. and you're still there. <laughs> um, and when we talk about the, the, the age here of the three boys. The age? Yeah. Yeah, so Joseph turning seven, uh, Henry's just turned five and Alex is two. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's high energy. And what, what made you decide to be... Uh, a stay-at-home mum? 
A lot of things, a lot of things brought me to that decision. Um, I found it, I, I get stress and anxiety quite quickly mm-hmm. um, and I didn't want that to encroach on my time with the boys and I didn't want them to grow up with a mother that was stressed out mm-hmm. and unloading that to them. I wanted to provide the care that I wanted to to the boys and you know and delivered in a way to them that my mother had to me so mm-hmm. she was a huge influence i remember my home life being very safe comforting mm-hmm. um and yeah i i my background is in working with children Got and you. teaching so i felt i had the skills and the ability to do that it meant a lot of sacrifice though mm-hmm. we don't own our own home we are hope we're minuscule making minuscule steps to save a deposit um but yeah it's meant that we've gone without a lot for me to do that and so i guess that's the decision that i guess that was a lot of the conversation around do we do we want to have a double income and and be able to kind of purchase that family home and go Mm. down that kind of path but by doing that Mm. you kind of saw the sacrifice that you have to make on your on your kids which so many people don't get and it's really hard when you just get a blank (laughs) look back at you when you say but then then on the flip side of it too when you if you go okay well what do you want to choose your kids over your house yeah that yeah is a little bit yeah. Strange. And, and, and I know the decision is never yeah. as black and white exactly. as that for anybody. But it's funny that sometimes we get the, the, the blank looks going, what, what, do you, what do you mean you don't want all of this? Yeah. And it's not that – and, well, in a way we have wanted – in a way this has brought us a huge learning curve on what we truly value, mm-hmm. what we truly, truly value. And at the beginning we thought, yeah, we need to keep up with everyone else and have the latest car, have the latest this, have the – you know, get that flashy house, all of that stuff. And then slowly we – the more time we've invested in our boys and our family unit and what we value, we've come to the point like – well, you know, that's, mm. that's, that can all come later or that's not the immediate that we want now for our family life and for our boys. And how, how did you figure out what you value? <laughs> um, I, I feel like the values that I've, well, values have come from our, we've got very strong family units, mm-hmm. my husband with his and my with mine. Um, I guess passed down from them and what we've, we're like family has been the most important thing for both of us. So we had a very strong idea, clear idea of what we wanted for our family. And were you going down a particular path where you felt, hold on, the, the daily actions that I'm taking aren't aligning with my values and you had to make that change or have you always been quite strong on what your values are? No, I didn't really. I thought, I've got to go back to work. Everyone's Mm. doing it. You know, I I have to do it too. I need to go out there and I need to be, I was that keeping up with the Joneses mentality. Mm. Like I have to be doing what everyone else is. And all the doors closed to me and I'm a huge believer in the universe. Like, Mm. and I just, a door was not open for me to get into work. Like coming from Sydney, I didn't go back to a job here, you know, and to try and get back into the workforce, I it was a struggle Mm -hmm. and I thought what am I doing um and yeah I just thought okay I'm gonna make the most of this being at home and then I started investing my time and energy into making my home life what I wanted Mm -hmm. it to be and there's positives and negatives (laughs) if we want to look at it that way but there are pros and cons with any kind of decision that we make what have been some of the 
I don't want to say negatives about looking after your kids, but what have been some of those things that you're like, oh, you know, I, I, I don't get X, Y, Z, or I do mm. feel I miss out on that. What, what are those things? We had that for a little while. So they don't, we don't go on fancy holidays. They don't have um, mega parties, loads of toys. Um, we, yeah, we just don't have uh, the luxury to mm-hmm. make decisions where, okay, we've got the money to do that. We, for a long time there, we were living week to week, which mm-hmm. is scary. So, um, and in terms of being a stay-at-home mother as well, the, the intensity of being with your children mm-hmm. 24-7. Mm-hmm. I have friends now that get three days into school holidays and they call <laughs> me like, how do you do this as your full-time, like, I'm ready to kill them, you yeah. know, and you've got it really tough being at home and I don't see it that way now, but I get what mm. they're saying. Yeah. And I guess that when you say you don't see it that way now mm. and, and you were saying there too, like at the beginning we... We felt this. So is there an is there an element of like it takes time, like that change to kind of kick in where we're like, you know, this is the new normal? Yeah, I, I think it does. It has taken time. We were younger as well. We had a different mentality of what we thought was the right way we should be doing things. And over time we've realised, you know what, this has all happened for a reason mm. for us to te- make this development. You know, we feel really strongly now that we have made the right choice in in me being the stay-at-home mum and uh, simplifying our life because mm. it's, it's now like, right, this is what it's all about. And um, we've opened our eyes. And simplifying, <laughs> which is something that really was where a lot of my learning came as well you know purging the mm-hmm. excess and, and living more with less mm-hmm. did you go through a process or how did you start to really simplify your life I think we were forced into it because yeah. the money just wasn't mm-hmm. there and I said that to my partner you know what he'd, he'd going to this point where we don't have the disposable income to live excessively made us stop the Mm -hmm. way we were living that when you sort of talk about how did you get to that point I think not having the disposable income there got us Mm -hmm. to the point of like right well we can't just go and spend and buy this and do that we have to just live much more simply we realized we don't need that Mm -hmm. much our happiness with we go take our boys for bushwalks free we can just go out we bushwalk for the weekend we pack our own food Um, we didn't have to be at the shops buying 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 um, and I was making a lot of things mm-hmm. and that, that making do. Yeah. Um, so that, that, you know, we're kind of forced into making that. And I guess too, it gets to that point where, where it's not a struggle, it's the choice mm. because yeah, you might've been forced into it. However, there's that, that, that conscious choice of going, well, hold on, we're forced into this, but we get to do all of these other things. We made the most yeah. of it. And so your husband's working and I, we're actually... <laughs> on a, talking on a topic a fair bit that is not what I thought we'd be talking about, but I'm really interested in, with this. Mm. Your your husband's working. Does he, you know, obviously the the provider and things like that, mm. um, which comes with its own great feelings. Mm. Does he also feel like, oh man, I kind of miss out on on the kid time and 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 that as well. Yeah, he because he has had to work two jobs or mm-hmm. more at times and so I don't doubt that it's been more stressful for him than it but it could have been but at the same the same time we were always there when mm. he gets home. I'm not dumping more jobs on him, yeah. domestic jobs on him to do because, you know, I'm there. Um, and we, we make the most of it out of our weekends. Mm. We're not tied down. We, the boys don't do any extracurricular activities. We're not tied down to things. So we make the most of, of that time to be together and have yeah. a lot of family time together. 
And speaking of family time, <laughs> talk to me about where you guys are heading <laughs> in in like a handful of weeks, really. Yep, three. Wow. Crunch time, I know. It's been two years stewing in my head mm-hmm. for this and now it's three weeks and we're going to be there. So it's funny when I tell people where we're going, I'll, I'll tell them Mwollombar, which is not as well known, but when I say 50 minutes from Byron Bay, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, and I just get this look like people have this look in their eyes like yeah i understand yeah Yeah, why wouldn't you want to go there and and wait so for everyone in in north america or or outside of australia (laughs) listening byron bay i guess is it's the most easterly point in in australia but it's kind of seen as that um quite a cool has some hippie vibes it's obviously been kind of taken over by um everyone just kind of wanting to go there um, but that's the, it's the beach. It's, it's that, that beautiful Australian kind yeah. of lifestyle. Yeah. So that's that when you say Byron Bay, people are like, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you think most, a lot of overseas people know Byron Bay mm-hmm. as well. It's such a landmark of people going there to create a different life for themselves. It's the, it's, it's the, as you said, the hippie vibe, mm-hmm. there is definitely a vibe from the way people talk, act, dress, what they eat. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah and that sort of flows to a lot of the surrounding areas of byron and uh yeah mawoomba just hits you straight in the face with its beauty um its energy and the the easiness of being there um my parents are already there wow they moved in february Okay, I didn't, I didn't know your folks were going up yeah. there. They well, they we kind of who had the idea first. I yeah. say it was me. They've always wanted to move north. They just didn't know where. Um, so it's been a bit of a mutual decision between us. Um, and yeah, we which they they had friends that had also gone up there as well. So and so what's the so there's Byron Bay, but and I'm I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly. Probably the entire interview. That's okay. But Mulumba. Mulumba. <laughs> the place that you're going to, yeah. what, you know, like you're 50 minutes away from Byron Bay. Mm. What what drew you to that place? Yeah, so I can talk about the moment that, uh, that we actually went there and visited. It was a New Year's Day. We were holidaying at um, Kira Beach mm-hmm. and we decided we were going to drive there and check this place out. We'd heard about it. And uh, we just had the most magical time meeting locals and having conversations with people and going up to the mountain, which over, like, which is the, a huge feature um, of the Mwollombar landscape. So we, it's, 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 I just try to describe it to people when you go to a place that you just connect mm-hmm. with. It's, and you know, I'm meant to be here. I, it's. This just inner knowing that this place is right for us. My husband and I literally looked at each other and were like, this is it, mm-hmm. you know. And we spoke to people. We met a gorgeous um, elderly couple who were so in line with our type of thinking mm-hmm. um, and just said to them, we'll, we'll see you here in yeah. a year or two. And is it is it a like a big town? Is it a small town? It's, it's a small-ish town. I don't know the population. Um, it's a small-ish town, but it is incredibly multicultural mm-hmm. and multi-faith. And it's got city dwellers there. It's got a, it's had a huge influx recently. Mm-hmm. People kind of cottoned on to it. There's been development there. But it's, yeah, it's, you know, got, a, got the main street area and a couple of little main streets. Is this what we call the Byron Bay hinterland? Is that what yes. people... Okay, got yeah. you. 
right. yeah. So, yeah, it's the natural beauty, it's the people, and um, but ma- mostly for us, it's got a huge arts community there and a really vibrant, um, com- like, active community, which I was going to talk about. Um, this what, what got me interested was a little project they've got called It Takes a Town. Um, and I wanted to read you the quote. It's on Instagram, you can find them, but it's a woman who wanted to create a community of connection and generosity. Wow. Um, and they have, it's a flooded kind of, it, it's prone to flooding, but the way the community community responds to anything that happens it's 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 uh, a real coming together of people and mm. helping each other so it's i guess it's quite beautiful in a sense where a town has got together to go this is and you know i come from a marketing background so it's like this is the brand of our town this is yeah. what we want to be known yeah. for where yeah. everyone is like we're a village yeah and in a sense you're then attracting people that want that yes. so then that just in a sense grows that beautifulness mm. of the town that's that's what got me you know seeing wow. the initiatives like that I'm like that's where I want to be that's what mm. I've been searching for I've been truly searching for somewhere where I can raise my boys to show them that hey we live in a community you know that it mm. takes a village to mm-hmm. raise a child and I think I'm very passionate about boys being raised um, by uh, males in the community mm-hmm. that have a more gentle approach an approach that they're not afraid to show that they can show kindness and help others mm. and I thought this place would be perfect wow. for us. And you said earlier that it's been an idea that's been going around <laughs> in your head for a few years. Yeah. Um, and, you, you know, when you first went there, your husband and you were, looked at each other and went, hey, this, we, we feel this calling for this place. But what were some of the steps that you had to go through? You know, people listening going, you know what, I, I want to change my life Taking as well. The leap. But, but there is that, there's the idea which I think you need. Mm-hmm. And you just keep talking about that idea. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden things just happen yeah but what were some of the things that you had to do to really move this ball along yeah we couldn't feel we we never thought Newcastle would be where we'd really set down roots so we sort of had in the back of our mind that this was going to be a temporary place for us so we weren't tied down in terms of a house Mm -hmm. um and we wanted we always thought we want to go somewhere where we really feel like this is going to be where the way we want to create our lifestyle um but it, yeah, it is hard to take that leap of faith. Mm. My, if I wanted to, sh- can I share a story Most about definitely. my parents as an inspiration? They took a very similar path. I was a high school student at the time, so it was hard. But they left Newcastle as well and went five hours into the country mm-hmm. and uh, bought a hundred acres and built a fully self-contained mud brick house off the grid. Wow! And my dad mostly built it himself, and he's not a builder. But uh, we got to make our own mud bricks and it was an extremely um, amazing experience to be a part of. Uh, as, as my teenage self didn't think so, mm-hmm. it was the worst thing in the world sitting there sifting dirt <laughs> at 14 years old when I wanted to be doing a manicure. Mm-hmm. But it's gosh, it really mm-hmm. stayed with me and it sunk deep, I think, into my psyche. And to be able to draw on that experience of seeing mum and dad, you know, heaps of people were saying to them, why? why? Mm-hmm. You know, why would you leave the beautiful beaches of Newcastle to do that? And it was something that they were passionate about. They, they uh, you know, wanted to have that experience and live a more earth, earthling, grounding uh, life. And they did it. They just did it. And, and so, you, you folks, and I know you might not be able to answer for mm-hmm. them, but like often people don't want to create the change because then they keep thinking, oh, hold on, what will my life be like 
when I'm older. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If I if I don't keep doing all of this work and saving money, I won't have money for retirement. And it's all of those kinds of things. This this fear of the future, um, where you know you look at a lot of people that have gone down that path mm-hmm. and they get sick when they're sixty four mm. mm. and they mm-hmm. don't actually have that future, but they they gave up the that youth yeah. for this mystery at yeah. the end. Yeah. But your folks were doing this and I'm, I don't... I can tell you exactly what you just said then. He actually yeah. had cancer mm-hmm. um, and this was his... He Once he recovered from cancer, this is what he did. He worked and worked and worked and that's all his life was. Go to work, come home and he cancer stopped him in his tracks wow. and he had quite a, like, a little while to think about you know, his life during that time and he's, I'm turning this around and I'm doing something real. I want to do this. You know, he'd obviously had that idea in his yeah. head but never pursued it and cancer stopped him in his tracks to then just go, you know what, I'm going to follow my dream. And, and what's, what's life been like? You know, we're talking probably, what, 15 years ago? If that happened. When no, that, you know, yeah, when that happened to yeah. now, like how, is, how has life been for your parents? Yeah, they, <laughs> they still, you know, so they had to throw all that in because it didn't work out for him financially mm-hmm. um, to get the job that he wanted there. So, of course, they had to go back to reality and he had to get back into work and then they've now tried at it again, yeah. you know. They've, wanted, they've still wanted to go and live a different type of lifestyle. Mm. And I think that's a great point because <laughs> you can try things yeah. and they might not work out exactly how you thought But it's still beautiful. Like you think of that decision for your parents to do that, that has now had this profound, you know, effect on your life. Mm. Mm. And now what you're doing with your kids, Mm. it it has this beautiful kind of flow on effect. Yeah. We just don't have the fear associated with, you know, what will happen. We want to, we feel passionate to give this a try. And if it doesn't work out, Mm. we'll find another avenue, you know, we'll sort of do something else with it. But we, we are passionate about creating a life that we don't need to take a holiday from Mm. it's our absolute goal we just don't want to be burdened by the stress of uh you know financial stress and having to work ridiculous hours and not spend the time with our children and so this that's really what's motivating us what change are you hoping to see within your family my boys Mm. especially um it's it's having a bigger connection to nature is the, the key for me and having a more wild and free existence, mm-hmm. uh, which I feel that place can offer them. Um, and just us being more content and more relaxed and mm. enjoying our company, <laughs> enjoying our time mm. together. Talking about being wild and free, <laughs> because I, yeah, it's something that I so want for our daughter, Andy. Mm. And then there are times when I'm like, I want you to be wild and free, but I also don't want you to kind of make too much of a mess or, <laughs> I, or I don't want you to kind of, do you know what I mean? And, yes. and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to extremes here. Yeah. How do you as a parent find that, that happy medium of, yeah. of kind of running wild, but also, okay, now guys, we need to do this. Yeah. The, you, I mean, you definitely have to have the boundaries in place. My twin sister is a child psychiatrist. So I get on the phone to her regularly and talk like, how am I going to, you know, set boundaries for these boys? And it's definitely a, uh, you know, crazy juggling act of letting them, letting them out for that freedom. Mm-hmm. And, but then pulling them back in to go, you know what, we need to have some time mm-hmm. uh, where we calm down 
down. It's this, I, I love that notion of the, it's the breathing in, it's the exhale and inhale. So okay. breathing out, let them out and then inhale in. So there's a few strategies that I've pulled from uh, Steiner philosophy, yeah. which I'm passionate about that allows them that time, but then can bring them back in sort of mm-hmm. that rhythm. Um, it's that's very airy fairy, I know. But if people know about Stein philosophy, they sort of get what I'm talking. And is about. that is that where your teaching background? That's is? my teaching background, and that's the school that they'll be going to Beautiful. as well. So I'm hoping to incorporate a lot of that. And so into our lives. okay, so <laughs> I'm going to dig deep into the Steiner because when we were traveling, we um, Andy went to a little Steiner school in upstate New York, yes. which was. So beautiful. Yeah. So th- she w- she hadn't started school yet and it was, I went there and they had this beautiful organic shop that was part of the school and, and it, it, it was just so lovely. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, we're traveling through. Is there any way that my daughter could kind of come here but not kind of come here? And they were like, well, we have these like after school care classes mm-hmm. where the teachers go out in the bush with the kids do you want to do that? And I mm-hmm. said, I'd, l- I'd love to do that, you know, and I think they bent the rules for me. Anyway, I think Andy's teacher was Miss Kathleen, who was this like 28-year-old girl with like a, <laughs> this beautiful kind of cane backpack, this long dress who was holding the kids' hands and I just watched them go out into the woods and Andy would come back so excited telling mm. me about how sage can clean your teeth and she was making all of these things and it was such a beautiful, mm-hmm. a beautiful experience. Mm. And so when, that was just before Andy was starting school and we were going down that path of looking here locally about the two Steiner schools and you know we didn't you know as you know Andy goes to a, a Catholic school here which then I think to myself that is the complete opposite I know. of Steiner <laughs> even though it is a beautiful school where she yes. goes but but part of me was I was torn because I was like I love those philosophies but then again it was my my fears mm-hmm. of going well, is she still going to learn the basics of mm-hmm, mathematics mm-hmm. and all of this kind of stuff? And then I'm like, well, hold on. Are the basics that or are the basics compassion mm-hmm. and love? Mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you balance that? I'm an ex-Steiner student myself. Yeah. And I didn't turn out, turn out too badly. Yeah. <laughs> I did go to some other schools as well um, just because we moved around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, be, it's a really, really tough decision um, but because you, it's where our values lie with what we think children should be, edu- how mm. we think children should be educated. I'm really struggling with mainstream education um, just coming through from uh, teaching, my teaching background and doing my prax in mainstream um, and seeing how our children, our youth, are coming out of their out of, of school and what what they're doing with their lives afterwards. Um, I guess my idea at the moment is what we the values that we want to instill in our children. Is it you need to go to school and get really smart and go to uni so you can get rich and buy loads of stuff, mm-hmm. or are you going to school to? Uh, you know, learn about so many other things than literacy and numeracy and open your eyes to other things um, and then go out into the world and contribute differently mm. to... But, but I, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't want people to think that Steiner isn't about hmm. letters and numbers. It's there. I think it's the different way that they teach it. And I was yeah. having a conversation with a coordinator, I, I, I teach at TAFE, Mm-hmm. And a coordinator there, and she was telling me about how her son is in year 10 and he's going through, he, he's doing like two two weeks of this plumbing course and, and he was loving it, mm-hmm. right? 
and he's like, Mom, I now get it because when you dig a hole, you need to find out the radius of this and the blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it's like all of that math that he was Mm -hmm. learning that was going over his head Mm -hmm. put into a practical, you know, a practical kind of scenario. He's like, I get it. And I think sometimes Mm. we need to teach that. Like we're teaching you this so you can do this. And I know at Steiner, they they kind of go down that philosophy. Hence yeah. why there's lots of veggie boxes made everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, well, I made I made my own desk. I mm. think in year six. I made we. It's there's the practical life skills yeah. that come into. I mean, you learn maths in the kitchen, mm. so we're res, you know doing recipes and cooking, but we're, it's a maths lesson as well. So it's all the practical ap- application of uh, learning, but it's also this holistic way of raising the child. So there's much more to them than just feeding them information. Uh, it's there's a, a, a huge spiritual component to uh, connecting with the child mm-hmm. which I find absolutely beautiful um, through the teacher training and uh, being um, in in the classroom with the children as well that I just find is is um, a, a, a I can't I can't put it into words it's what I want for my mm. boys do you think we need like parent school Parenting school, yeah, there, yeah, I do, I do. I think parents play such a huge role in the education and the learning of their child mm-hmm. as well. Um, I remember someone once, it was Seth Godin, said there was this big debate in America about the school system over there and homeschooling, and mm-hmm. he was like, every child gets homeschooled, mm-hmm. no matter whether you send them to school, mm-hmm. they're at home mm-hmm. watching their parents, mm-hmm. getting educated by their parents mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, and can I, I'll come back to Mwollumbar again because it's a uh, an edu- a new educational uh, school that has opened up there that's the Human Values School. We were mm-hmm. talking about values before. Um, and I've also done some teacher training in that area, um, which I found really, really wonderful. And it was... Um, so it's the primary school has started, which is the first one ever to open in Australia, and they're opening the high school as well. And it is bringing a whole other element into school called values education, wow. so permeating that through. So it's it's a um, normal curriculum, a government curriculum, but they're putting human values as an overlay into it. And I thought that was a really wonderful initiative. So so, that, so that's is that the Steiner School or are that's they, not, two this separate? Is another, okay, they, this, wow. We're spoilt for choice. So that was another. I actually couldn't get Joseph to that wow. school because they're at max capacity um so the steiner school is the was the second choice which they're going to um so yeah but i could have an opportunity to teach in the high school in that That's area which beautiful. would be wonderful yep and joseph mm. which is how we kind of know each other mm-hmm. our our kids are friends so there are two steiner schools in our kind of area mm. But you sent your, your, your son to a, a Catholic school. Why is that? Well, at the time, I was living down the road. It was mm-hmm. purely, I had just had my third baby and it was crunch time to make a decision and it was sink or swim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and back to where we started this conversation, I didn't want the stress. Yep. I'm so mindful that I don't want the boys picking up on my stress and I don't want to make our home environment stressful. So it was down the road from where mm-hmm. we were renting and I made the decision then to cut the travel time down. I didn't want a little newborn mm-hmm. baby screaming in the car every day and we it yeah. was a logistic thing at that time but, but I, I guess though like this and is the financial. thing yeah and that's the thing it, do, it does you know cost yeah a, a, a difference yeah but I, I think your answer still 
came down to what you wanted your family to be like. So yeah. you were still led by your values. You, yeah. you just kind of had to choose between. And sometimes we have to do that. Yeah. We, can't, we can't be wholly on our values yeah. all of the time. Yeah. Well, it broke my heart not to because I'm very passionate about uh, Steiner philosophy. And I was, I was teaching out at the Newcastle Steiner School at the time. Um, so it did break my heart to make that decision. But I just, yeah didn't uh, I just thought it was the right one and it has been because I got to meet uh, um, the beautiful St Joseph's community and uh, it's been it's been a good door opening mm. for us and just before we move off the topic of education what was it like for you kind of coming from that that Steiner way of life or that different schooling and coming back into normality because part of my fear was if everything was like this, it would be fine. Mm. But if I have lead Andy down a path, mm-hmm. that then when she gets to the end of it, she's like, well, hold on, this world is not like this. Mm-hmm. I can totally relate to what you're saying and I'm, I feel really strongly about keeping our children not secluding them into the Steiner world and keeping them open to everything else Mm. that's happening. I talked to my sister about it because I was heartbroken. I said, look, how can I, which uh, being the child psychiatrist, how can I deal with this where my values are very much with uh, Steiner philosophy, but he's going to be going through mainstream education. And I decided the best move was to create a very Steiner feel at home. So I was Mm -hmm. doing a lot of the things that I would do uh, at the Steiner School with the children there at in the home environment. So that was just uh, the rhythm that I was talking mm-hmm. about before that they teach there and a lot of the Steiner activities, um, the arts and uh, the making, the, the head, heart, hand philosophy of keeping your um, hands busy making things. What, what's that? Head, heart, the head, hand. heart, hand. So it's a form of learning through uh, and, and having uh, your head, heart, hands and, and they structure that with the day as well. Mm-hmm. So it's the head stuff in the early in the beginning of the day so that would be the maths or the English mm-hmm. um, heart is uh, um, so it may be singing mm-hmm. uh, that type of thing or music and uh, hands is busy with like clay or knitting wow. or, yeah so um, and just that form of learning seems to keep them all connected mm-hmm. with what they're doing. Um, and so keeping, especially with boys, keeping those little hands busy is what I was always trying to do. So I was really content with having, keeping all those Steiner elements at home for them. And I've had a few friends who have had to do that, who haven't been able to travel to the Steiner school or haven't been able to afford the fees, who have been able to have a very Steiner environment mm-hmm. at home and combat, you know, uh, not combat, that's the wrong word, um, balance that out with yeah. going through mainstream education. So being a mum, <laughs> three kids, mm-hmm. seven to two. How how do you kind of carve out time for yourself? That is a very very hard one, really hard, and I've struggled with it this year. Um, I'm, I leaned on my mum a lot. Um, <sighs> I guess I, I stay up too late mm-hmm. <laughs> of the evenings. That's when I – and so the tiredness is always there, but you push through that. Um, but the evenings is usually when I'll find some time. I, I have to have a creative outlet. I've mm-hmm. always got a creative project on the go, and that gives me the sense of fulfilment that I've, I've done something for me, mm-hmm. and here's what I can show for it. Because when you're in the daily um, goings-on with the children, you sort of – there's nothing mm-hmm. that you're tangible that you have at the end of the day. But I guess if I have that time to be creative – um, for myself at the um, of the evening, then mm. then I'm content. And 
I'm just trying to figure out how how I want to phrase this question. But like, how do you learn not to resent w- the things that you're doing? Because this can this is not just parents. This is kind of anything. Sometimes we can do things for long enough, and we we just start hating the same thing. Mm. How how do you and it, and then we get this guilt when it's our kids. Mm. And I'm not saying you, you do this, but how do you prevent that from happening or when it does happen how do you kind of get yourself back on track uh it's it's a struggle it is definitely a struggle not to get resentful of groundhog day and Mm. you know i want to be doing this 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 with my life but i i just felt very strongly about my i i see being a stay-at-home mom as not just something i have to do but something i'm passionate Mm. about it's it's i'm privileged to have these three beautiful healthy boys and i'm privileged to have a husband that can provide for us and that i get to spend the time nurturing them Mm. and it's oh, these early years are so precious and I want to invest everything I can into them. And I, that's, that's my motivation every day mm. that I can do better the next day. And I guess too, when it's aligns with your values, mm. there's this, it's the, that flow or that rhythm mm. that we were kind of talking mm. about, talking about, uh, providing for the family and things like that. Often with a big move, you know, we have to get new jobs and, financially and the affordability of wanting to do something different is often what prevents people mm-hmm. and they just some sometimes it's just like i can't afford that oh that that's we wouldn't be able to do that mm-hmm. without even kind of looking into it inga and i went have gone through this and once you just can't start moving forward you realize opportunities kind of open up for you but how how was it to kind of change jobs and find new work and all of that kind of stuff? Well, and and, and I should have mentioned that before, but because my parents, that's sort of the agreement that we make that we'll be moving in with my parents mm-hmm. temporarily. Um, they're converting their whole bottom level of their house so generously for us to stay with them temporarily until we have our feet on the yeah. ground. But I, I was so determined uh, that we were going to get up there that I'm just, we're making it happen, even if we're in a caravan <laughs> but, but, something but but that's i guess part of the point isn't it like if you really want something it might not look exactly how you how it did in the brochure but at least you're you're living yeah that change yeah and we'll make it happen when we get there and i feel my i'm so excited that the career that i have wanted i've wanted to work in schools that are doing something different human values education and steiner schools i i'm just i'm going to make that happen for me with trying to work in 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 that area and um yeah my husband was just on board with we'll Mm -hmm. you know we'll figure it we'll just figure it out once we get there how do you tackle technology (laughs) in the house I'm anti-tech. I am anti-tech, actually, Joseph. And it's flowed on to my kids because I think that's Joseph's worst subject as being computers because yeah. we don't have compute. We don't have the computer around. Um, that's been sort of the Steiner influence for me that I just wanted them to uh, be growing up the way we did, my husband and I, um, which um, I just wanted to mention with him. He was climbing mango trees until he was five years old. Um, he lived, grew up in East Timor and did didn't go to school, I think, until year two. 
and he had a very different upbringing to me um, going from East Timor to Portugal um, which is where we aligned our ideas with education with his European schooling Mm -hmm. and Steiner has come from like Germany originally so he he's like yeah that we we learned a lot of that's very similar to how we to how I learned Um, and he grew up with minimal I think he's he always tells the boys that his uncles used to just make him toy cars out of scrap metal Mm. Um, and so he yeah he he was the same with me he he we wanted to raise them how we were raised with less tech Mm. technology in the house and so like is there like no tv there is a tv there is definitely a tv now and i that's part of my uh trying to keep the balance between this is the steiner model and this is the real world model i i uh and and my peace of mind Mm. my sanity too i would struggle uh not having it for that time for calming down Mm. um and, and, um, I, and I guess too that, you know, sometimes like it's okay. Like sometimes yeah. when we try to make changes in our life yeah. that are a little bit different, we, you know, and I know I do this personally, like when I make a mistake, I'm like, well, Mike, that's not the way. And it's, it's not mm. black and white. And I used to be, I, I was stressing myself out to the max a few years ago because I was doing the no TV and I was really struggling and I was yet again having sessions with my uh, sister, my twin sister, and like, how can I do this? And she said, at the end of the day, do you want your children seeing a stressed out mm-hmm. mother who, who could be yelling or all those sorts of things or, um, you know, half an hour in front of a TV watching a program that you've chose that you feel mm-hmm. is um, acceptable for their viewing is, is better for them you know it's, it's constantly weighing up the right mm. decision to make and that's that's been the right but at choice least being for me. mindful about that as well yeah. instead of just the default that sometimes we can be on and it's just just watch do you know yeah. what i mean because it's kind of easier yeah do you ever go or oh, hold on am i you know if the world is changing do you know do my kids need to be across the the learnings of technology very few <laughs> few moments I guess I have that I think having uh, you know being, being uh, very much into the arts through doing my art education everything I've uh, been much more hands-on creative art focused and less into mm-hmm. that sort of world um, but that's not doesn't mean that's the right choice for them uh, so I might my husband and I call ourselves computer illiterate and tech illiterate the two of us are the same so yeek, um, we'll have to leave that in our boys mm-hmm. hands uh, I think to see if, if that's a decision they want to make to piss you that more yeah and, and, and I guess too you know part of the Steiner philosophy is that child guided learning if, mm. if your kids kind of gravitate towards that mm. that's not computer games mm. you know just mucking around which you know what i mean like that's you know if that's the place they go then that's the yeah. place they go yeah and i don't want to deny i'm not going to uh, deny them things that they're going to be interested in i just want to have a little bit of a say mm. and guide them uh yeah how do you teach your kids and probably more your eldest because he's six about living with less and about not always wanting more yeah i we've we've i've been lucky to be able to use my husband as Mm -hmm. an example i constantly refer to how how your dad grew up 
Um, and I think having that tangible store, like that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, oh, daddy, dad, that's how daddy was, you know, yeah. is, is something they go that they can really um, grasp. They can mm-hmm. seem to understand it. But I'm very vocal and open with the way that I speak, especially with Joseph, that I, you know, it, I just don't, you know, agree with certain things and I'll explain that to him and we have seem to have gotten mm-hmm. gone okay with that so far. And back to the move a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, three weeks away. Mm-hmm. What what is something that you're a little bit apprehensive or scared about? I've moved through that phase. I was I I've gone beyond being uh, apprehensive and scared about the move, and I've just uh, I guess I spend some time doing some mindful sort of practices and just being. Uh, calm and allowing the flow of my life um so uh, of course i was it's not going to work out Mm. we're telling all these people that we're you know doing this thing and we're getting these weird looks because you know you do you're doing that why are you uprooting your whole life and doing all that i'm like what what if it all backfires Mm -hmm. definitely i had those thoughts what if it all backfires and it doesn't work and we're sort of going to come back with our uh tail between our legs um and i just i just moved beyond that Mm. and i had like faith in this decision that it's the right one for us the doors seem to have all opened uh, for us to to create this new path and um, yeah I just don't give that side any energy and, and that's a that's a big thing isn't it yeah you know just don't focus yeah your energy on on the yep. negative yeah which is a big thing yes you spoke there about like moving with the flow of life how which is which is great when things are going good yes how do you cope moving with the flow of life when things aren't always that great <sighs> do you mean how do i personally uh but i i guess to to be you know in that that truth of going like let's just move in with what feels right and you know that in in I can never say this word, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I have. I just I I have a huge trust in faith. Yeah. I have. I feel really. But sp- I, I guess what I'm getting at. How do you? How do you? Go when you have that trust in faith, but things aren't going the way that you might have planned them to be just having patience with it because i wanted Mm -hmm. to go two years ago Mm -hmm. i was determined that we joseph wasn't going to start in my idea the ideal would have been that he we would have been up there he would have started kindergarten i had a vision of how it was all going to go and it just didn't happen and i started getting really depressed and thinking of all these things like we don't have the money so we can't make it happen and i had to be patient it wasn't the right time the timing wasn't right i had to calm myself down i just had to like i'm just going to go with what's happening to us now the doors open for him to go to the, this lovely little school um, and we will just have to put one foot, you know, in front mm. of the other and just hope, you know, it will eventuate, it will happen. Yeah. I still kept it there. Mm. I didn't give up on it, but it wasn't right for now. Yeah. Um, so I just try to be, yeah, living in the present, just accept this is where we are now. I'm going to make the most of this. I'm not going to walk around and think I shouldn't be here. We should be up there just deal with where we are now and make the most of it and it's been fine we've had two lovely years um since i made the decision that i wanted to be gone is that sort no, of answer 100 no, percent. Like, yeah. and i think it's still having that that idea and that yep. dream like not letting go of Mm-mm. of the want to change or or the way that you might want to live life because it doesn't all just happen in a day Mm-mm. you know and it's really that 
the journey. Yeah, and it? even heard that I wanted it so badly. I'm like, no, I'm going to make this happen. It just, no, it, it, it needed that two years and, and it's been important for us to grow even a little bit more than we have since mm. we made the decision back then to really get our ideas in place. Mm. And it's so true, like when things then open up and mm. it happens, you're like, oh, that's this was the right time. Mm-hmm. It actually wouldn't have worked two mm. years ago. Mm. Um, well, Sophie, I have one final question for you, yeah. one that I ask everybody. And that is if you could please describe your perfect day. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I My perfect day has to have a nature element in it. So uh, it has to be the five of us, my husband and my three boys and extended family as well if they're available and willing to come. And just we love exploring new places, mm-hmm. which I'm so excited about with this next phase in our life. We love seeing a new natural beauty that we haven't uncovered before. I love seeing the joy in my boys' faces um, when they see something you look mum look at this and I uh, it's exhilarating that Mm. feeling so it is going to a new uh, natural wonder and uh, just experiencing that um, and being in the moment with with my boys and my husband beautiful very beautiful well Sophie thank you so much for for giving me your time this evening and I know it's time with the family so which is valuable you probably Got to escape though. It's so nice to, it's secretly, <laughs> just quietly, it's nice to get out once in a while. <laughs> but if if people have some questions or if people are going through some change themselves or if people want to potentially follow your journey here is there a way for people to do that or or maybe because technology is not no, your thing no i'm i'm on instagram yeah. i'm an instagram addict so uh i love to post our journey on there mm-hmm. and our story on there so that's where that's where i'll be posting our move and sharing what we're doing um yeah. Can we say what the address is? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just Sophie and the boys. Sophie and the boys. Happy and days. It's a, yeah, it's not a private account. So, yeah. Done. Well, I will definitely link to that in the show notes at liveimmediately.com. But, Sophie, is there anything that we've that I've forgotten about here. Is I really wanted, wanted to, to mention something that I talked to everyone about, which was a book that gave me some aha moments. And like, yes, this is what I've been searching for. Um, and it's a book called Down to Earth, A Guide to Simple Living by Rhonda Hetzel. Wow. I think she's not far. She's in the Sunshine Coast. And I just found this so inspiring of when I was trying to grapple with what do I, what are we trying to do with life? Like where, where are we going? How do we mm. want to create our lifestyle? And reading her words and um, her her ideas on on the simple life um, which is not that simple but uh, just um, simplifying mm-hmm. the complexities of life is uh, can I leave you with this quote overall simple living is about finding peace joy beauty and satisfaction within ourselves and in that place we've been told it never is our homes it is about regaining the power to direct our own lives and become doers rather than buyers beautiful Mm. and that goes back to the kind of the whole making element that you were talking about earlier yeah well, I love it. Well, and I will definitely link to that in the show notes. And I think I'm going to be reaching out to someone for a chat. That, that She sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, but again, thank you so much, Sophie. Thank and you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately.
That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.